You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday here on the Blog of the Boys podcast network, and it is time to get riled up on the Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White. And I got to say, if you're not as riled up as Tom and I are, Heading into this weekend's contest for your Dallas Cowboys, I don't know if you can legitimately call yourself a football fan. Certainly not a Dallas Cowboys fan. And I mean no offense, but this is the type of stuff, Tom, that you live for as a Cowboys fan, that you wait all year long for, is a game in which primetime lights, everything seemingly – is on the line for the Cowboys and their own destiny and control of it, right, is all in their hands before they take on the Eagles on Sunday night. You can't ask for a better setting. Yeah. And, and as a football fan, I, I can't be more excited about what we're going to see. Yeah, and, you know, for once, I think the Cowboys might be getting as excited about this as the Eagles fans because yeah. to them, the Cowboys are always the game of the year. Well, Suddenly, this has turned into the game of the year for both teams because, you know, the Eagles still sit at seven and one, but the Cowboys at five and two are nipping at their heels uh, in the loss column. The Cowboys win this game. Not only are they, you know, effectively tied for the lead of the NFC East with uh, the second Eagles game coming to AT&T Stadium in a few weeks, the path to the number one seed is suddenly well marked for them because there are two other teams right now with only two losses in the NFC uh, since the San Francisco 49ers have inexplicably gone into a tailspin. Uh, You know, their trades may help them, but now they've got to come back some. But the other two two two-loss teams are the Detroit Lions and the Seattle Seahawks. And guess what? Cowboys play both of them. So the Cowboys could be able to dictate where they wind up. Takes a lot, a lot of games to play. But this is is kind of a big deal. (laughs) It's a huge deal with as all that you stated on the line. But truth be told, too, there's a mental aspect to this as well. We know, you know, and when we've talked about, right, what the Cowboys need to address this offseason to get to the level of what was last year's representative in the NFC. That is the San Francisco 49ers. That is the Philadelphia Eagles. We believed at times this season, you and I, Tom, that the 49ers have been the class of the NFC. But the reality is the road last year went through Philadelphia. And there's no reason to think that, when all the chips are down at the end of the season, they don't have one of the strongest cases to, you know, own that road again, right, this season. And so that is where, for me, 
I just am oozing. I, I literally wish we could fast forward, Tom, to Sunday yeah. night. I don't even care about the games going on this, that Sunday afternoon. Yes, of course, I'll be interested to see if there are any more missteps that can take place and put the Cowboys in a better position potentially as they head into Sunday night. But, you know, I want all of their focus. And I am just ex- – there's another aspect of this too that we'll get to in a bit, but there's a part of this matchup, Tom, that we're really seeing for the first time time and i'm gonna leave you with a tease on that as uh we discuss kind of what you and i would like to see from this matchup before we do of course you can hit tom up on x or twitter at tom Rao btb you can hit me up at roy uh, rw3 and of course you can follow all the great content at bloggingtheboys.com you can get the uh cohort article to this podcast there on the website where we expand on some of the thoughts that we're expressing here. And of course, encourage you to interact with all of us there on the website. We'd love to hear your thoughts and your excitement towards this Cowboy season as it continues to build. But Tom, let's get to it. Of course, you penned another fantastic article and you want to take a look at some things, perhaps not necessarily field related in regards yeah. to this matchup. Yeah. I, I got to thinking about the coaching. And it, this came to mind because it looked like Mike McCarthy finally got his Texas coast hitting on all cylinders. Well, almost all cylinders. Uh, Dak Prescott went off. C.D. Lamb went off. Dak also found eight other receivers during the game. So you couldn't just they couldn't just focus on C.D. Lamb because if they managed to have him covered one play, well, here comes Brandon Cooks, here comes Michael Gallup. Here comes Jake Ferguson. Yeah, that he was the 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 passing game was working great. Running game not so much, but not too sure that's a bigger concern as we might think it is as we'll get into. So finally we had that going. Dan Quinn had his defense fired up and playing well. Bones Fossil needs a standing ovation for what he's doing with special teams. So I wanted to look at this kind of from the coaching aspect because, you know, as irritating as Nick Sirianni can be, the man knows how to build an offensive powerhouse up there. And he's got one going on. They've also got a pretty solid defense still, although I think there's an argument to be made the team. The Eagles, for whatever reason, are just not quite as good as they were, at least prior to the trades they made uh, before the deadline. Uh, They were not quite the team they were last year, I don't think, at least in my, you know, uh, opinion. No, I agree with that, and I think we'll get into that in in a bit. But, yeah, I I don't think they're as dangerous defensively as they were mm -hmm. a season ago, and that plays well for the Cowboys. Yeah, I think the Cowboys have, for whatever reason, closed the gap. And like I said, we're focusing on the the coaching aspects of it. And it's interesting because Sirianni and McCarthy have kind of gone opposite ways since taking over their teams. You know, Sirianni started off calling the plays for part of his first season before he turned it over to Shane Steichen or Steichen. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Steichen. Uh, yeah. as, the, as the offensive coordinator. He did so well, he got signed during the offseason to be the head coach of the Indianapolis coach. And so Sirianni turned to Brian Johnson, the former quarterback coach, being the coordinator, let him take over the play calling. And, you know, they they seem to be doing pretty well. A 7-1 and one record does carry some weight in this league. 
Mike McCarthy went the other way. He came in with Kellen Moore as his inherited play caller. And then, uh, you know, after he'd been here and decided that Kellen Moore wasn't cutting it, and I think deciding he really needed to take charge of his own fate, so to speak, he took over the play calling duties this year, kind of struggled before the bye. And then, like I said, it's just like, Either they got things fixed, they got them put together, everybody woke up, something. Because that was an offensive masterclass. Not only did they rack up, you know, well over 400 yards. Not only did Dak Prescott exceed 300 yards, throw for four touchdowns, have one tipped ball interception. You know, he had an just outstanding game. But to, one of the highlights for me was a field goal drive. When... If you recall, the, the Rams had scored a touchdown before halftime to narrow the gap a little. Then they came out, got the ball right after halftime, and scored another touchdown. Suddenly, they seemed to be a trace of a heartbeat for the Rams. And all the, the Cowboys did was eat up 17 plays over almost 10, I think it was three seconds short of 10 minutes of clock time, and then go down and kick a field goal that pushed it from a you know, marginal two-score game to a three-score, get three-possession game. And at that point, the game was over because there was just like a couple minutes left in the third quarter. There just wasn't enough time for the Rams to come back as much as they were struggling. And the Cowboys weren't done anyway. They still had more points they had to put up on the board. So, yeah, this was the game where things really came together. Uh, and now we're going to see what happens going up against the Eagles, which, okay, now, with what's happened in San Francisco, best team the Cowboys have faced. I, I, I don't think we can we can argue about that right now. At least the most, by far, the most consistent. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see how this goes up because, you know, we we had come into the game thinking that the, the things the Cowboys had to fix in offense were they had red zone struggles, the run game wasn't not wasn't working and outside of CD lamb, things just didn't seem to be happening in the passing game. Running game didn't exactly show out, but the other two looked so much better. The, the red zone attack. Remember they scored touchdowns their first two times in the red zone and didn't really seem to break a sweat doing it. The third time they were in, they had that tipped pass that wound up getting intercepted. Uh, so that was a failure, but, you know, it wasn't because of anything other than the fact that Dak Prescott maybe should have avoided the hand that, that knocked it off, off course. And finally was that 17-play drive that I mentioned. And and like who cares at that point? You know, just settle for a field goal at that point. All you're really doing is helping Brandon Aubrey pad his already phenomenal stats. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that was – I mean, Lamb was just – um, he's now staking a claim as one of the very top wide receivers in the league. Uh, 12 of 14 targets he caught, 158 yards, two touchdowns. Come on. This was this was just an awesome offensive performance. And the Cowboys, remember, Cowboys pulled Dak Prescott early in the fourth quarter. <laughs> they didn't just take the, the, the foot off the gas. They put it in neutral and coasted most of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, Dak combined the components of the 
you know, Texas Coast offense, right? High completion mm-hmm. percentage, 81% of his passes were completed in that game. But he also did it with uh, what I feel like, and I haven't been able to find the stat to justify this, so perhaps this is just a feeling in my mind. But I felt substantially like the average depth of target that Dak Prescott has targeted over the last two games since they've come out of the bye, Tom, has has been much more substantial, right? Yeah, that that was noticeable. I can't remember. It was like three or four 20-yard passes. Right, like – and the pass is going 20 yards, right? It's not a catch and a run for 20 yeah. yards or anything like that. Like air yards, Dak Prescott has noticeably – in the offense, Mike McCarthy, to his credit, has noticeably been pushing the ball more down the field. And that, to me, is – and you and I agree the best way to maximize Dak Prescott's abilities and CD yeah. Lamb's abilities, the best and, weapons you have on this offense. And eventually that's going to help Tony Pollard because you're stretching the defense out. They can't stack the box as much if the cat, especially given that the Cowboys love to throw play action at you. They're fond of early down passing, uh, you know, and I, all things that I like about what, McCarthy is doing I think he can still get a little bit too conservative he can try to go into the shell and ride the lead a little too early but yeah you can't complain about somebody not having their foot hard on the gas when they put up 43 points I can't imagine we're going to have that issue here against (laughs) Philadelphia if we Uh, do then it's a great one to have yeah but I think the Cowboys are going to have to be playing this one until the final whistle Um, And certainly I don't want to see any strategies utilized of running the clock if it's within kind of like a 10-point game or less. Yeah, and the chances are this is going to be a close game because uh, the Eagles come in averaging 28 points a game. That's very good. Cowboys average 28.1. This is two offensive machine guns coming at you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and so it's it's really, you know, the only place that Dallas right now I think shows a, a clear disadvantage. I, th- I think they've got an advantage right now in the passing game. If anybody wants to argue with me that Jalen Hurts is a, a, a better passer than Dak Prescott, he can talk to my hand uh, because I don't exactly see where they're getting that from. Uh, Prescott well, is the – I mean, statistically this season, right, like, Let's just compare the numbers, right? 2,100 yards passing for Jalen Hurts, 13 touchdowns, eight interceptions, right? He's got three more touchdowns, three more interceptions than Dak Prescott, but he also has about 600 more passing yards. Granted, right, we've watched these games. Quite a bit of these have been game script. The Eagles just played a game against a bad Washington Commanders team where they were down by two scores and had to pass up until the final whistle to make it work, right? That being said, I think right now the argument is pretty fair to say that the two are neck and neck. Uh, Jack Prescott and Jalen Hurts. And the next movement, right, takes Mm. place on Sunday. Yeah, and now a couple things, though. That turnover thing, that's really good because you've got a team that's plus six in the Cowboys going up against a team that's minus three in the Eagles. They are not protecting the ball well this year. They've got the eight interceptions, plus they've lost five fumbles. The Cowboys have five interceptions and I believe three lost fumbles. So that's a clear advantage uh, to the Cowboys. Uh, the, the defense has just been very good, 
at, at taking the ball away. And I realize that is hard to replicate. Yet the Cowboys, they're they're averaging in, in better than an interception per game while the, the Eagles are throwing one per game. So you have to think there's a chance that's going to continue. But to me, the thing that jumps out when I look through the stats, Jalen Hurts is their number two rusher. Uh, he's He's got like uh, 280 yards and 78 carries. That's a lot of carries for an NFL running back, almost 10 a game. Yeah, quarterback that is, right? That, I mean, that'd be a decent amount of running uh, carries for a running back. Yeah, and a two and a two back a carry, but yeah, I, that's I a meant, real hell of a lot for a quarterback. Yes, that's what I meant. Meant for a quarterback, that is just a ton. High risk plays. Now the carries are padded by the infamous tush push, but who we just saw? I think it was Brock Purdy was the one that got hurt on a quarterback sneak, got a concussion. Every time they 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 call these up, they're they're playing with the law of averages, you know, there's, there's just an excellent chance that they keep it up at this rate that hurts is not going to be there for a little for a few games. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called the future of work, where I answer all your questions on surprise, the future of work questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking from the provocative to the technical we're offering insights you won't want to miss so tune in to the future of work a prop g pod special sponsored by canva you can find it on the prop g pod wherever you get your podcasts well i'm excited about this aspect of this game on sunday the Cowboys, you could argue, right, made a decision this offseason to address really not only the run inefficiencies they had against San Francisco a year ago, but also to try to come up with an answer to this tush push. Yeah. Is this Mozzie Smith's shining moment on Sunday night? Is this Mozzie Smith's real opportunity to make a statement on this season? Because to me, if he can impact this specific aspect of this individual game, he may be worth the first round grade, right? He may hey. be for, worth that first round cost. Now, let, let let me agree to disagree with you. I don't want to see it because I don't want to see the Eagles facing any third and ones or fourth and ones when they can use the dang thing. The best defense about the tush push is to make sure they've always got at least three yards to go to move the sticks. Okay, over under, Tom. Two and a half tush pushes in this game alone. Uh we're going to see more. We're going to see one. We're going to see one attempt. You well, you, you figure. I just, uh, I, 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 I wouldn't take the under on that just because they love it so much. But I, I would, wouldn't either. I think I would I love think, to see. I think a, third and two. I think four and two is in play for yeah, that. I would on that. I would just love to see them get stuffed on it, like you said. But That's I also don't want to face it. However, speaking <laughs> of interior <laughs> defensive linemen, I want to say something because. We also need to talk about the Cowboys' defense. Dan Quinn, you know, they had two bad games, just like the offense did early in the season. But Dan Quinn, for the rest of the games, has got these guys playing with their hair on fire. One of the guys that I don't think is getting enough press is Osa Adigizua. 
because all of a sudden the Cowboys have pressure up the middle. Diggy Zua is tied with Dorrance Armstrong for the second most sacks on the team with three. And to me, that is dang impressive for a defensive tackle, especially when you're liable to look up and see Micah Parsons lined up right over the center. <laughs> that was one of the one of my favorite highlights was not just the fact that Parsons got his sack. He was standing with his hands on his hips when the ball was snapped and still was moving faster than I could imagine when he, you know, it's just, that was just insane. But the Cowboy, you know, the defense, the pass rush, I think has been the, where the defense has started. Uh, Even though they're not getting a whole ton of sacks, they are getting pressure all over the place. And uh, that has disrupted the other quarterbacks with, with Eagles. It means that, that, Hertz is going to get flushed. He's going to move. He's going to try to create by using his legs and getting out there. And that sets up the matchup between him and Parsons coming from one direction. And don't forget Demarcus Lawrence coming from the other way because he can close on you pretty dang fast too. Well, Osa is the key to all that. Like Mm -hmm. you, I mean, you illustrated that brilliantly. And the grades for Osa, according to at least pro football focus, have reinforced that. Uh, you mentioned sacks, right? Yes, three sacks tied for the team's uh, second most on the team. He's got 21 pressures this season, Tom. That's near. That's three a game that Osa Odigizua is literally changing the foot placement of the quarterback. And that, to me, is so critical, if not the most critical a component to Michael Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence being able to do what they do, right? Because yeah, if be- they can get around the outside, but there's no pressure up the middle, and the quarterback can step up, they can be neutralized. Yeah, taken you out of the game. Yeah, you can't. You, the 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 offensive tackles can't ride them past the pocket if the pocket is not there to step up into. And I think you've got an absolutely uh, excellent point. I'm sorry about my dog trying to knock at the door. I think. Oh, no, I couldn't that. even hear it. But uh, <laughs> further in uh, Odigizua, his grade with pro football focus is an 88.9 overall, which is amongst the top 10 interior defensive linemen in the entire league with the likes and, of the big names. And like is, this his, Aaron is, this, is this like his third or fourth year? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's still he's still a young another. He guy was drafted in twenty twenty one. This is his third season, a third yeah. rounder, and he has become an anchor on this football team. Yeah, and really, the guy that they kind of hoped Mozzie Smith was going to be when they drafted him. Yeah, except I don't think any, anybody was expecting Mozzie Smith to be going sure. going up the middle that that soon that fast. No doubt, so, no doubt. Yeah, but so I, I you, mean, have to, you have to you have to. You have to be happy about the pressure that they're getting. And meanwhile, can we have a shout-out for Mr. Deron Bland, Hmm. who Hmm. is now – I believe I read that he's tied the NFL record for pick sixes in a season in seven games. Wow. Digest that for a moment. Uh, you know, after they after they had Trayvon Diggs become an All Pro, 
in his, I think mean, it was the second season, right? Now, yeah. all of a sudden, Bland, if he's not getting all pro consideration, you're going like, why? Why is he not? Uh, the guy is, uh, you know, he's he's one of the leaders. I think he's second in interceptions overall. But when you get three pick sixes, you're doing something kind of spooky out there. Well, and it's not just, I mean, the pick sixes. Like, again, you know, don't want to overuse this website here in this discussion, but you just because I had it pulled up, like last year, Pro Football Focus was extremely critical of Trayvon Diggs because while he had the big interception numbers, or perhaps it was two seasons ago, while he had the big interception numbers, their grades said that he was actually one of the lower-graded cornerbacks in the NFL. Well, where has Deron Bland been this season? He is ranked seventh in the entire league, right up there with Kendall Fuller, Joey Porter Jr., Sauce Gardner. He's actually ranked above Sauce Gardner this season, according to Pro Football Focus. Now, granted, take those grades with a grain of salt, but it reinforces that it's not just luck of Deron Bland this season. This is a coming out party. Full on. Yeah. And it's and I hope he keeps partying on because and, and by the way, the Eagles don't have that same thing going on in their secondary. Right. Yeah. Uh, they had to go get reinforcements. And by the way, Cowboys fans, I think you had a bit of a right to be upset that the Cowboys didn't make any movement this past week. But I will also say what the Eagles did, the Eagles kind of had to do. Their secondary is the is the unit. Right. If we're looking at what is different between their different defense from last year to this year, it's entirely in their secondary. They are a, a really a, an extremely short group, not a very deep group at all. And yeah, they added Kevin Byard, but they lost CJ Gardner uh, a season ago. And really, Darius Slay, while still very capable, is slowing down just a bit. They're yeah. not. They're not playing well in the secondary right now, and that is in spite of all of the weapons they have up front. This is why I also feel like it's a great opportunity for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys to silence his haters. And, and I want to say one thing about the whole fact that the Cowboys didn't get active in the, in the, the, the trade market. Uh, because I was looking around at people that actually seemed surprised. There were certainly a lot of people who were just highly, highly disappointed and, and stunned that they didn't do this. And I just... To me, this is kind of like if you've got a cat, you get mad at it for hunting the songbirds. It's his nature. This is mm -hmm. the nature of the Cowboys. If you were expecting to see a big trade, I have no idea what team you've been watching for the past several years. It's like that mm -hmm. ain't what Jerry Jones does. You can be critical. You can critique it, say that he needs to change his style. You wish he would. But this, this sense of disappointment just that, that just – Except the fact this is a limitation, and until it changes, we're going to have to live with it. Anyway, I mean, my, that. no, I totally agree with you. My only thought on it is, hey, if you're going to get disappointed on it at this point, that's on you. Yeah, that's that's you not being real with yourself about what your understanding of this football organization truly is. Right, and now I think we can get into one or two things that maybe we didn't really see coming. Uh, I am impressed at how the depth of the offensive line has held up. 
because, you know, for at least five games, you know, they've only had a couple games where they had all their starters healthy. They didn't last week. And yet the offensive line is not what's been holding them back at all. Uh, you know, Prescott is not getting sacked in an inordinate amount of time. He seems to have time to make his throws most on most plays. Uh, the running game is off, but I, I I question how much of that is just the McCarthy plays some situational ball. And he's not going to run the ball right now unless there's a point to it. And I just don't think he's had much point in running the ball when he's got a red-hot quarterback who is getting, you know, what do you want? Do you want a four-yard run from Tony Pollard or an eight-yard completion by Dak? Come on. I, I know which one I like. Uh, so I, I think that the offensive line's depth, we got to give them some kudos after we had so many doubts about them. Another thing we had doubts about, and I hang my head and I offer shame, we were really worried about them rolling with Brandon Aubrey into the season. And if, if that sounds like a broken record, well, until something goes wrong, knock on wood, it's not going to happen. I am going to be singing the praises of Aubrey all the way because the, the, the guy is phenomenal and he's on one of the best special teams units in the league. I mean, the special teams unit has already scored a touchdown and they just got a safety. And oh my gosh, Sam Williams as your gunner on punts. Oh, give me more of that. Mm -hmm. Did you see the little replay of that? I did. That was yeah, impressive. So he can move like, and that's a big boy. Yeah, he's 240 or 260. But he took he's he's up there. He's you know that linebacker, you know, off-ball defensive end uh guy. And he's getting down there with the ball on the punt. And, you know, can you imagine you're some little 180-pound punt return specialist looking up and seeing a guy that outweighs you by 100 pounds coming huh. full speed ahead? <laughs> well, it's the special teams has been impressive. Like Turpin obviously had one that got called oh. back. He's destined for one. We're going to get one this well, season. And he came close on the, the one that went 68 yards. I mean, he was, what, on the 12-yard line? For the That's crowding? just it. He stepped so close. He kind of stepped out of bounds. I didn't think he was going to – he really was capable of getting there all the way, right? He stepped out of bounds to avoid, like, taking a shot, an unnecessary one there. But, I mean, obviously, the special teams have been incredible. Brandon Aubrey, that dude is hyping it. Like, it's and, not and, just going through the uprights. It is going – so if you drew a line right down the middle, it is hitting that goalpost. If there was a goalpost right in the middle of the field goal on a 58-yard kick, right, he piped it and was good probably for another 10 yards. I actually, maybe not necessarily in this game, but I would like to see them test his leg at some point in perhaps a meaningless game when they're way up. Like, can this man hit a 65-yard field goal? I don't think – I don't I'm think confident it's a that would take place. Yeah, it's 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 certainly within his skill set. The no, guy's just so. that good, and and yeah, he's got nerves of steel, especially considering that he started the season with a a, a slick ball was the wrong ball. I don't understand quite what difference that makes, but there were there are a lot of people that said, well, you know, that throws things off. So he misses his first ever kick in the NFL. A lot of people. Mm -mm, Brent Martin. <clears throat> I won't mention names here. 
but they can get rattled. This guy just just said, oh, okay, now I know what's wrong. Uh, press ahead. We'll get it fixed. And it's he's just been perfect. We've seen it fall apart mentally with kickers, rookies, veterans, inexplicably at the worst times. This guy, though, looks like he's got everything put together, and we'll cross our fingers hoping that continues, right, especially in this game against the Eagles on Sunday night. We'll see how the cattle, how, how the Cowboys kind of play it. I'm interested also how McCarthy approaches that. You know, is he going to feel like there's a little bit more pressure to go for it on fourth down, potentially fourth and short, knowing that the Eagles are likely going to do the same? Now, look at, look at all the signs coming in. I think there is an excellent chance this is going to be a close, like one score type game. And that's an interesting thing because the Cowboys have only faced that once. That was against the Los Angeles Chargers, and they went down and won the game. Okay. Uh, Eagles have been in five one score games and gone four for one in them. There's a tendency of that kind of thing to regress to the mean. Uh, you, you you don't tend to just keep winning close game after close game. And well, so that's going to be an interesting factor. And as I said in the article, if you're, if the game comes down to you being able to drive down and get a last second field goal, is the Dak Prescott led all offense setting up Brandon Aubrey uh, a sure bet or what? Yeah. I mean, I can't wait to see what the two-minute offense looks like, both hopefully at the end of the second quarter and then also uh, hopefully we won't need it there at the end of the game. But if we do, I'm excited to see what that looks like. I want to pay off on the tease that I gave Tom. The first time this matchup will ever include Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, and A.J. Brown. The three of them have not played in the game together. In fact, Jalen and Dak, haven't faced off against each other in this contest since 2021. Ooh. Remember, a season ago, when Dak played, it was Gardner Minshew. When Jalen played, it was Cooper Rush. The season before, they Jalen didn't play the final game of the season when the Cowboys won huge. And in the earlier game that they played, Andy Dalton started that game a season ago. The only time that Jalen and Dak have played one another was there in 2021. And the Cowboys won that game 41 to 21. But again, that game did not include Jalen's newest favorite weapon in AJ Brown. Well, to me, the key is to make sure that Hurts doesn't have time to find it. Just saying. Indeed. Indeed. Der Deron Bland, your opportunity is coming up. Uh, Mika Parsons, I can't wait to see. I don't know if you saw that, by the way. I'm referencing Rob Gronkowski at halftime. I just had to reference this because I don't know if you saw it, but during halftime of that game, Rob Gronkowski was doing anal you know, analysis of the game, and he called Micah Parsons Mika Parsons, I kid you not, like four times in recapping his highlights before someone else at the table was like, "That's his name's Micah. It's Micah Parsons. And I thought to myself, Tom, this is a this is a former NFL title. He was in the league a year ago, right? Yeah. Or two years ago. How does he not know how to say the first name of arguably the most, probably like one of the most well-known defensive players in the league right now, simply because yeah. of the star? 
I was blown away by that, and I didn't know if you noticed that or got a no, kick out of it. But... No, I had they they did a screwy thing with my TV coverage, and I had the Houston Texans on my screen. Oh goodness! Okay. Oh well, I was not sorry a happy for that, camper. but yeah. yeah, good for you for uh, missing out on that. Uh, for those of you though that made it all the way, we are very excited. This is what it's all about, right? Sunday night football there in Philadelphia. Cowboys take on the Eagles. Of course, we'll have you covered on the pre and the post game show on our YouTube channel. Make sure you check that out and subscribe. For my man Tom, I'm Roy. Y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we will see you next Thursday. 